Hello, it's Shahid. Welcome back. Little update for all of you. Uh, we hosted a podcast a few episodes back called Dear Deirdre, where a panel helped answer some anonymous questions from our community. One of them was around sexual harassment. Do listen to that episode if you haven't already for full context. Uh, we received an anonymous email this week saying that on the back of that episode, that the perpetrator no longer works in their agency. So really happy that there was a positive conclusion to that question. We coincidentally received a one-star review on that episode. And I'm sure the individual who did put that review had absolutely nothing to do with that question, even though we know who they are now. Who would have thought sexual predators and stupidity go hand in hand? Anyway, if anyone wants to know who that review came from, get in touch. I'm more than happy to share who that was. Anyway, definitely the proudest one-star review we've ever had. So thank you. Anyway, as promised, this is the second episode that we are sharing for the Creative War Room podcast. I think this will help anyone out there find their mojo, find their focus and motivation to go out there and do some amazing work. Anyway, do let us know what you think. Please do follow the Creative War Room. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any of their episodes. Enjoy. Hi, this is Toad Pickford and welcome back to the Creative War Room and part two of my interview with Shahid Pira. I really hope you enjoy it. Talking about all Shahid, I'm not sure you've come across this, but um, I know I bang on about it a bit, but it's the reliance and the obsession with having a key visual for pharma marketing. Um, you know, when we look at we look at mainstream advertising, I don't think there is such a thing. Um, it's obviously a key idea, you know, an idea and a platform thought, but a key visual, I really just don't get it. I just know what your thoughts are. I think it's probably um, habit. It's probably just, it's probably, I, I imagine most of the sort of like people coming into the industry today will, probably won't be looking at the key vision in the same way as maybe somebody who's been in industry for like 20 years or 30 yeah. years or something like that. I mean, I don't know if I'm honest with you, uh, Toad, because I've never really hung around people like that, to be frank. Like, yeah, fine. Like, you know, fine. Put put forward a great you know, ad, and if it goes through, great. If it doesn't, it's great. You know, no one's, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's about focus, right? It's like, okay, we're in health, right? And there's a big spotlight in our industry right now, and we're all part of this creative revolution that's happening right now. So it's almost like, well, what does success look like for for people as individual individuals, right? Are you going to be creating work that fundamentally shifts the way that everyone now looks at detail aids or websites or or apps or congresses or whatever it happens to be? And I think there's just so I think the the key vision has been done to death. It's like I literally can't think of anything <laughs> that you could do that would fundamentally change that in a in a in a drastically different way but there's i mean to to sort of go back to publicist a little bit like when we did and this is a long long time ago this is nearly 14 15 years ago now right but when you look at something like the boy i used to know and i don't mean to hark on about the yeah i know that yeah it's great most people know what i'm talking about that literally 
was the first talking head in our industry that moved uh, the visual of just showing somebody talking to camera into an animated piece of work. Now, on the back of that, there's been some incredible, you know, uh, animations that have been done that are far superior and far more technical and far more beautiful. But that was the first, right? And so for, for that has always been the agenda. It's like, what can we look at within the healthcare space from a communications channels perspective? And how, we, how can we completely flip it on its head to the point where other agencies are taking our work to their clients and going, why don't we do this? Or why can't we do something better than this? Why, why does everything have to be done in the same way? And I know for a fact that that piece of work did that because I've had countless, countless amount of my friends from other agencies who've been really open to me saying, oh, we always show that to our clients to show them that if they've got to emotionalize the data or they've got to emotionalize the patient experience, they don't have to be so literal by showing a talking head, they can reinterpret it in a, in, in a different type of visual language. And I think yes. that's, that's where the opportunity lies. So when you take that into account and you start going, well, are you fundamentally going to be doing that with the key visual on the front cover of a detail aid? Maybe, but I tell you what, there's so many more interesting avenues, even like Congresses. I mean, Congresses are a huge, huge creative opportunity, right? You've got everything there. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and, I, and I'd love that piece, and I have, I have actually used that piece as well. Just going on that piece, though, um, um, did you? Was there any kind of like battles around that piece? Did you have to fight with the client on anything, or was it just went so smoothly? It was just like, oh my god, this is a dream, and you had this piece that popped out the other end that was just obviously crafted beautifully by yourself or whoever was involved in it. I, I'll, I'll go back to the cell because we sold it in really well. And I'll share, it's fine. It's not like I'm I'm saying anything that people already know. So it was actually a med-ed piece. So when I was a publicist, I oversaw the PR and the med-ed agencies as well. And um, so the med-ed agency had this as their client and they had, uh, you know, they had, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, they had the booth and they had this campaign that they inherited from some American agency. Again, it was another sort of awful key visual of like, a white brain with numbers on it and these doctors yeah. are on this white brain landscape and there was like a line with with white coats exactly otherwise you wouldn't know <laughs> they were doctors sounds like a cream song the white brain was <laughs> exactly and they're all white doctors as well which was interesting yeah white doctors yeah exactly. exactly exactly so they were like here's the campaign it's like it's not a campaign but anyway it doesn't matter and they had, here are the, here are the panels and our, our team are going to write the copy. So we'll give you the copy and you artwork it up. And I'm just sat there going, why am I here? <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> and they're like, oh, but we've got a detail aid. Uh, sorry, not a detail aid. We've got an iPad and uh, we've got mm. like 15 minutes worth of talking heads. But 15 minutes is way too long. We've got, you know, doctors, <laughs> patients, family members. Can you like make a montage and make it three minutes? So we were like, all right, let's have a look. Mm. So we listened to it. And one of our writers, Yvonne, time, she found this guy's three-minute story. And we we watched it back in a room. And I was like, wow, that's a powerful story. She was like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? And I was like, looks a bit rubbish, though, doesn't it? Because it was just done on like, I mean, it was such a poor, 
it was so poor like yeah. the way it was shot even the sound was really poor actually which kind of helped the animation in the end but anyway so we got this sort of three minute thing we just closed our eyes just went hey look maybe we can maybe we can tell this story in a completely different way so there was a chap called nick robinson who's just the most amazing art director creative he joined us as a junior creative, sorry, a junior designer. And I hired him on the, on the basis that he had, he'd filmed himself on stage with his friends and they'd created this band and they'd done this really cheesy dance. And I just really found it funny. So we hired him. Anyway, so we got him. You saw something in him. I saw yeah. something in him. I saw moves. I saw moves. Yeah. So him and Yvonne basically went away. Nick had, Nick was playing this game on his phone. I can't remember what the game was called, but it basically was exactly like the boy I used to know. It was just like a very flat 2D uh, black and white game. And he was like, I really like this. And I was like, yeah, wow. I said, well, that's got everything in it from an art direction perspective. Again, this is stuff that I'd learned from A&V, right? Like art direction in, in most healthcare agencies is like, well, well, just give it to a designer because they're really good with like Pantone colors and whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And I was taught, well, art direction is fundamentally that the story is your visual story of what it is that you're trying to get across. So that's sort of like your spine. Yeah. So it was like, well, this actually is beautiful art direction for the story because this story hasn't really got much hope. It's full of light. It's got darkness and, what I, what I found really fascinating about the whole thing was I kept constantly kept hearing that you can't emotionalize a story without seeing a real person or you can't see the, you know, the soul into somebody's eyes. And I was like, well, this is interesting because this is essentially three circles for a head. And so we were like, okay, this is going to be a bit of a tough sell, right? Because we've essentially got this Congress coming up in like eight weeks uh, the budget we've got to edit this thing is like seven, eight grand, whatever it was, not a lot. And we're proposing that we do something completely different. So rather than just do the normal, we'll go and, you know, get on a call with the client or maybe the last dying five minutes of another call, we'll just shove it in front of them and see what happens. Kind of went to them and went, can we just chat to you about this video? And they were like, yeah, no problem. So we said, what? What, does, what do you want out of this? And they were like, we want to emotionalize the data because we've got so much data. We want something to just showcase that, you know, this is really the, 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 the patient impact. So like, okay, fine. We're like, how many other booths are going to be around this Congress? It's like about, about 50, 60. It's like, are they all going to be really data heavy? Yes. Are they all going to ha- be emotionalizing the data on a screen? Yes. Okay. So what does success look like? Because everyone's going to have a talking head. And we started working with them. We were like, actually, it'd be amazing, right? If whatever it is that you end up doing, that everyone in the Congress goes, you've got to go to that booth and check it out. And they went, yeah, we'd love that. And I was like, would it, would it be amazing if we could make somebody cry? If that's what you mean by emotionalizing the data, what, what if we could do that? And they were like, oh my God, if you could make our audience cry, and if you could do it as word of mouth, I would love that. How are you going to do that with what we've given you? So, ah, we've got something for you. So that was my mindset, right? Going back to A and V, it's like yeah. trying to sell something in before you even shown the idea. I'm not saying yeah. I'm, I'm like some sort of master salesperson. I'm not. I'm just sharing little. No, stuff you're tapping it. into human feelings. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we did, and then so we shared this um, mood board and Nick's game. 
And um, they were like, oh my God. And we spoke to them about why this would work and the light and the darkness and the story and all this sort of stuff. They were like, oh my God, if, okay, if you can do it for the money and if you can do it obviously for our deadline, then yeah, go and do it. So then we got in touch with the, some lovely people at Finger Industries. They loved it. They did it, uh, did their thing. And and we actually made our client services director cry when she saw it for the first time. And if you knew this person, <laughs> you would know that nothing makes her cry. So uh, <laughs> cried, uh, our client cried. I think some of us all cried when we pre- were premiered it. The client loved it so much that we and we actually took over a lot more of the booth than just having a screen. We actually ended up building a black and a black tree that reflected the animation style. And the client at the time said, we said, why don't you donate like 20,000 euros to mental health organizations in that area? So they'd found three and we basically created like this wish tree. So right after the animation, we had three different colored leaves and each leaf represented one of the mental health charities and each leaf represented like 20 euros or something like that. So then the doctor would then write their wish of what they what they they hope for in the future of schizophrenia and then they would put it on the tree so over the congress this basically dark sparse tree blossomed and what was really wonderful on the back of that this farm this specific pharma company for the following three years i think basically made it mandatory for every single one of their congresses to have a charitable donation on the booth where they would have participation from healthcare professionals to, to sort of do something similar. And then we created like movie posters around the Congress, around, you know, the boys to know premiering here, videos of, and, and uh, of people crying, of just saying how amazing it was. So we, we got people crying and it definitely was the one word of mouth talking heads, if you like, that people were directing their colleagues to go in and watch. So yeah, had a good ending. So it wasn't too hard. It wasn't too hard because it all, it all, it was all thought about in advance, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, know, you set it up so beautifully. And I think, you know, I'm just uh, looking at this this podcast and, and we talk about battlegrounds and we talk about weaponry. And when, when I talk about weaponry, I talk about what are the things that you've used, you know, to help unpick these things, to help push great work through. I mean, I've just seen, you know, obviously you, you've, you've been in, you've touched so many different things. I mean, I've sort of seen only a few, uh, and that one particularly was, was, was amazing. You know, you've done vacuum-packed bloody people's lives. You've, you've got Kasugi artists to, to do, you know, beautiful uh, sculptures and things like that. So all sort of that wrapped in that very much that motion, you know, creating emotion, making people feel something, you know, and I think to sell that in and, you know, I think I don't know whether your, your weaponry is great because you just like tap into that human spirit and, and, and know how to sort of draw that out and make them see your vision or the, or the team's vision. Um, I don't know if that's right or not, but you know, I'd, I'd be interested to know your weaponry and what you use. It, it feels like it's that. Yeah, I, I never thought of it as weaponry. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, when we when I was doing a lot of pitch work, set tr- trying to sell work to clients, I always used to sort of. It was a pretty similar setup. And I, was, I always used to say, no one cares. Like, literally, no one cares about this. No one's looking out for your 
key visual, no one's looking at for your message, no one cares. So how do we get them to care? <laughs> you know, yeah. that was it. It's being honest, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's honest. Completely honest. It's honesty. Like, and it... Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I yeah. it comes down to self-belief. It's like, hey, look, you're, when, you know, whenever I've, I've been employed by agencies, like you're paying me a lot of money for my, my perspective. Now, mm. you take it or you leave it. And if you leave it, I don't need to be part of it. <laughs> I'll just go out. I'll, yeah, I'll go yeah, somewhere yeah, else exactly. where, where somebody does want it. I don't need to waste my time. Uh, because, again, I'm not thinking about, I guess I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about bigger things than myself. I'm, I, I truly believe that this industry is going, th- over the last 10 years, is, is going through just the, the most incredible creative moment and creative change that I, I, I can't even sort of, could never have imagined, you know, when I first came into this industry. And yeah. we all want to be part of that change and we all want to be building our legacy. Now, do you want to be building your legacy on on detail aids and leaflets and all this stuff that just ends up get either getting ignored or going in the bin or whatever? Now, there'll be part people will be listening to this now, whoever, you know, the three people that are listening to this, and they'll be going <laughs> It's just you and me, so two. That's uh, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, rattling on for our own. <laughs> and, uh, but they'll be, oh, but, you know, we've got to do the bread and butter so we can do all the rest of the fun stuff. And it's like, yeah, you do, but I won't be doing that. <laughs> and I was like that, by the way, even when I was uh, an art director at Langland. I was exactly the same. It's not because somebody gave me this big fancy title and all of a sudden, oh, you can do that when you're at that level. No, dude. I was literally like that, <laughs> like all the time. You ask anyone who's ever worked with me back then, it's exa- I was exactly the same. It's like, you've got other people who can do this. You're not using the best of my abilities to be doing this leaflet. And I, and I think that comes down to self-belief and it comes down to purpose and it comes down to focus. What does success look like for you as an individual? Fundamentally, I think everyone needs to be constantly asking themselves this question. In the next 12 months, the next three months, the next five years, what does success look like for you? Now, some people will be like, I want a Grand Prix. I want to be the most awarded person in the world. I want to get into the Huffington Post. I want to, whatever it is, I want to open my own agency, whatever it is. The moment you grab onto that, everything else just falls into place. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think it was all about focus, all about self-belief and, and just having that confidence to walk away. Like going back to Tom, right? It was like, I'm, I've always been prepared to walk away from any job I've ever had because of him and because of that experience I had at the start of my career. And fine, I've got bills to pay like the next person, I've got to eat and all those sorts of things. But I'm not so beholden that I think, well, if I you walk away from this job, I'll never get another job, I'll never be able to work again, I'll never be able to earn money. What a load of rubbish. That's true. How absolutely powerful creative people are. We know so much, right? We know what a brand is. We know what an insight is. We know how to, we know how to create and craft and execute. I mean, the amount of people that I know who just set up their own brands, their own companies, who who've literally got like they don't know ninety nine percent of what we do. All they do is just go, I want to just work for myself. I want to have that element of freedom. And they go up and set their own products, their own brands, and they do really well for themselves. And I'm just looking around going, oh, my God, like creative people can just do this. Yeah. And it, 
if and I've I've seen that over the over the years is just keep my eye on what you've been doing. But you know, and then I was thinking to myself, you've never stepped away from you know jumping into the fire. And Credit Floor Awards is 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 one of those. I mean, I, I first heard about that oh, ages ago now, and somebody said, oh, you, you heard the credit. You know, put, put some work in the Credit Floor Awards. I said, Credit Floor Awards, what's that? So I, I, I did look into it and I thought, wow, this is really, really cool. This is, this is really unique. And it's not not just because it was another award show, which I thought, oh, God, here we go, another bloody award show. This is not a this is not another award show. And I just I'm so interested about the the idea behind this because number one, let's break it down a bit. Number number one, another award show. Okay, I want to know about that. Why you chose an award show but the, the main sort of crux of it is to sort of really kind of like give people a chance to to get into an industry that's so different and so interesting and so challenging and so amazing um but not just any you know any old people they're, they're disadvantaged people they're, they're people from a different different backgrounds that component of it was just so fucking incredible which is which is great so what number one what's what gave you the idea where where were where were you when you thought oh going to do this what was that moment <laughs> yeah uh it's 10 years actually we're 10 years old this year um wow congratulations thank you yeah uh it, i mean it start. i mean again i'm sort of going back to school i guess like i was the only person of color at my school and when i ended up as ecd at publicis i think i was pretty much the only <laughs> ecd that wasn't white pretty much in the whole of the EU, I would say, arguably. I'm just thinking, I don't want to offend anyone. No, but no if, I think it's fine. Even if I wasn't the only one, there, there definitely weren't more than two or three of us. Anyway, so I, anyway, and when I was at Langland, I'd sort of won everything the first and second year. Um, this was before Cannes came back, right? So this is when we had like the Globals, RX Awards, Clio Health, IPA, um, PMs and all that sort of stuff. So I'd won everything and I was just so annoyed that all the work that I was winning for all these awards for, not a lot of it really ended up in my portfolio. Didn't really think much of it. It was okay. I really disliked the fact that all these award shows, arguably even today, it's just the same people, same white blokes, just they're just doing the circuit, just changing the logo basically, depending on the award show. I didn't like that. Uh, I, I didn't like the racket of how, you know, it, and we've all been there, Tobe. Like, I mean, I, I've, I'll admit it yeah. too. Like, when we, even when we were doing Cannes, we saw it, right? Like, this whole yeah. bullshit racket of this is my work, you vote for my work, I'll vote for your work, and all this. Yeah, I, I, I hated it. Awful, yeah. awful. So it happens, but it was also obviously a thing over 10 years ago and I just thought I'm gonna you know I I, <laughs> I like to moan as much as the next creative but I, I'd rather do something about it at the same time so I just thought well let me see if we can get in different types of people to judge the work um, first of all so we could sort of maybe break this closed racket if you like also get us uh, a little bit more exposure into the mainstream as well. Uh, and if I could raise some money to help those from underrepresented backgrounds, um, then hey, w w why not? So it sounded like a good idea. I, yeah. I, I launched, I put, you know, put my money where my mouth is. It was all self-funded 
And I did it when my, my daughter was born, actually. It was our first kid. And God, was that a mistake? Because <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I was, Picked I, a great time there. What <laughs> have I done? Like full-time job, you know, new, new, new baby, not sleep, you know, didn't sleep for seven years. And then all of a sudden you've decided to launch this award show. And then you've just found out that Can Lions has also launched a, a health and wellness and pharma award show um, right at exactly the same time. So I thought, okay, well, this is literally just going to stamp on on my little idea within about two seconds. But it didn't, actually. It was um, So that was it. I kind of did it. And we've been growing ever since. You know, we raised, I mean, the creative floor is massive now. I mean, I just can't even believe how big it is. I mean, we basically doubled um, every single year in our entries. We're now getting entries from you know, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, China, India, Saudi Arabia, North, I mean, everywhere. I mean, wherever, wherever they're creatives, we're getting work and we're getting work, not even from healthcare agencies anymore now, like clients are doing it directly. Uh, consumer agencies are coming in directly. Tech companies are coming in directly because health is kind of where everyone wants to yeah. be seen now. It's kind of like, we're not the ugly well, not quite the sort of ugly cousin rap, you know, locked up in the in the loft anymore. In the yeah, exactly. So, in the lab. Yeah, so that's how it's that was the conception of it. And I don't really do much of the day to day anymore, but I, I obviously do the podcast. Yeah. Do a lot of the the charity work as well. So as a as of last year, uh, we raised a hundred over one hundred and sixty thousand pounds, and everyone probably knows this, but I don't decide where the money goes. We we sorry, charities uh, can submit their pitches of how they would use the money, and then we put those pitches to the winners of the show, and they all decide who gets the money, and then we 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 then support those charities in other ways, whether it be you know my time being a mentor or or building relationships with other agencies or, and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's what I really love about it. Um, we've helped yeah. over 600 uh, kids to date. It's, I mean, it's, it's, inc- it's, the, it's the best thing I've ever done. It's the most creative thing I've ever done. Do you, as I'm saying, I was, I was just about to say that. Do you think this is your best piece of work ever? Yeah, oh, 100%. Because it's a platform. It's, it's, um, yeah. it's an idea that is community-driven. It's completely community driven because the the, the, yeah. the industry doesn't want to support it, then we won't do it. So it's completely community led. Um, it's completely completely heartfeltly led as well. Mm. It has a different vibe to it, you know, Shahid. It has a, has a real. I mean, I've never been to to be there. I've, I've won there, thankfully. Come. I've like, come. got a you couple of. Come. I really want to go. I really really want to go. I wish I was there to receive those beautiful awards that we won a while back but um do you think that people are now sort of seeing that hey you know like if we're going to put some money into into an award show the money should be doing something rather than just self-fulfilling you know and 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 then just for people to be patting themselves on the back say look at what i've got you know it's it's doing more than that do you think other award shows start to start to take a a little bit of notice of the credit floor awards and going, Hmm. You know, I, mean, I don't know. We need to- yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there is an award show every single day now, isn't there? And uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess, 
I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I guess it would just be down to individual agencies of what they they deem as important and what's a priority. So, yeah, we do what we do, and you know, we don't really worry too much about what others are doing too much. I mean, I do. I have noticed that some award shows have started to copy us, which is great. It's fantastic. Um, that's the whole idea. Like the whole, we're, we're yeah. setting this up for no one to steal it. We're doing this so everyone can steal it you know we want everyone to steal what we're doing as creatives right we want to we want to put our stuff out there and you know of course we love you know jumping on a plane going to a judging room there's nothing like it's just just bloody fantastic not only because i mean that's fun right but it's more who you meet and and what you get out of it it's just it's just so amazing and 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 if you win win it's yeah it's brilliant but at the end of the day you know like that, that goes away very quickly and um, you can get forgotten. And um, But what are you uh, winning anymore you... anyway? I mean, because most award shows yeah. don't have an award show now and most no. people are now stuck at home. So you win an award and the award gets posted to an agency you don't even go into and you're just stuck at home putting something out on LinkedIn going, I've won an award. And it's like, well, well where's the award <laughs> show? Like, where's the celebration? Where's the social side? Where's... Where is it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who who can even afford to go at the same time, right? Because, you know, the the few award shows that do have a ceremony, like Cannes have got one. It's pretty formal. You don't don't walk up on stage unless you've got the Grand Prix or a gold. So you just sat there for an hour, even if you picked up a bronze or silver, feeling quite happy. But then even just getting to Cannes and getting into that theater will cost you what seven eight grand or so just for yeah you know yeah. do that so yeah i i mean there's still i think it's not my problem because it's not my problem to fix i've got an award show with a, a ceremony every year yeah it's a bit weird i think but yours is different i mean i know i know you've got a ring i know you've got you know some random people which, which is great it's almost like you know you're taking it seriously, but you're not, you know, it's, 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 which is great, you know, and I think it's the epitome of creativity and epitome of creative people. Is that your show? You know, it's interesting. I was in that. Do you've heard of an agency called mother? Yes. So I was in their office this week for a chat with some friends and I went into their office. It's down in Shoreditch and it was so cool. It's like this warehouse, really industrial, like no, just so cool it was like this brilliant like hipster uh sort of warehouse lots of dogs everywhere and lots of people with mustaches and whatever yeah and it was even dogs have got mustaches (laughs) exactly (laughs) and uh it was so different to the sort of um you know the really polished agencies that a lot of us sort of now uh, working where it's all carpeted and all very sort of like beautiful furniture this was just the complete opposite it felt like going back to art school and I was like, nice. This feels like the creative floor. Like our, our award show are, is hosted in venues like that. It feels like you're back, back at art school. You're back where, you know, you're in that vibe and that mindset that anything is possible. And it is, we're, we're, we know we're not built for anything but creativity. So, but there's, there's balance for all of those things, I guess. It's not to say what we're doing is right and what everyone else is doing is wrong. It's just we're just doing what's right for us and, and our community and who we serve. And that's cool, I think. 
That's fantastic. I, I, I bloody love it. What's new on the horizon for the Creative Fraud Awards, Shahid? What's, what's, what's coming up? So much. So as it's our 10th year, doing a few things that are a little bit different. Uh, so we're going to be, uh, we're just finishing off our awards, actually. So our bricks. So we've got limited. So the awards that people will win this year will be one-offs. So you'll never get them again. And they're only because they're for the 10th year. So we're just finishing up those at the moment. So that'll be nice and special for anyone who gets one this year we're also oh it's a bit of an i had i didn't mention this on one of my podcasts in passing but i'll i'll plug it again because it's getting quite yeah, close to finishing free free service here <laughs> we're launch this is really random but we are launching a a candle range um working from home uh office uh candle range it's called health and smellness and uh we're just in production at the moment, actually. They're being handmade as we speak, and we're just working with the printers. So just to give you an idea, one of the scents is called Out of Office. Nice. It's made from cannabis flower. It's one of the sort of the base scents. One of them is called All Nighter, and we've basically captured the essence of Bangkok nightlife. So you, rather than burning the midnight Ooh. oil, you burn this, and um, it's really beautiful. We've got another scent called Pitchwin, and that's made from like the sort of like rarest and most expensive uh, woods and oils from around the world because it's the smell of success. And then we've got a fourth scent uh, coming out called Sans Bullshit, and. Uh, <laughs> You like that when you're on a Teams or Zoom call and you're just hearing constant, you know, BS. Yeah. Out and, uh, Acronyms flying out. Of, you know, <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of, um, it's got things like Paolo Santo, which is kind of like, it's, it's meant to basically like uh, take away stress and cleanse your mind and your room. So we've got those four coming out and they're going to be revenue generators for our talent fund for this year. So we've only got like a limited number of those. So once they're gone, they're gone. So we've got those coming out soon. I've got, a, <laughs> I've got another one that I wanted to, I might, I might push this one out if, um, if there's demand, but I've got another scent called timesheets. Uh, so it's, if you've got like loads of admin and stuff to do, like get on, like basically light this up and it will um, take some of that anxiety away. It's, it's like this sort of, cra- it's like lavender on lavender on lavender. It's like crazy thing. That might be coming out. The, another thing that I'm going to be pushing out towards the end of the year is, I haven't, I haven't got a name for it yet. And this is an exclusive because no one knows about this. It's what I've observed over the last three or four years and maybe you can reflect, I can certainly reflect, and people listening to this, I'm sure a couple will also reflect, is this complete loneliness um, that people are feeling right now and the lack of development. We talked about confidence earlier and um, self-belief. And I think these things are, are the real pandemic, the silent pandemic that is happening right now across creative departments all over the world. And I don't have a silver bullet to answer it, but I do have a, an idea that will be done through the creative floor that I think will help uh, many people. So there are tons and tons of people, right, who have kind of been there and done it, if you like, but they're probably too expensive to ever be hired again, probably too old, 
probably don't want to do it, you know, go, go be back in an agency and go through all that headache. So you've got a load of people out there who essentially have got so much to give other people, whether you're a current CCO or an ECD or a junior designer or whatever it happens to be, even a, you know, somebody who's just maybe had a, had a kid and coming back to work and really struggling with that life balance or confidence and development. So I'm basically going to be building like a champions program. So you can basically, it's like, like I'm going to Uberize it. So you can basically book a, a, a convenient time uh, to basically connect to somebody that can basically help you from a mentorship uh, coaching perspective. So it will be paid. So the people that will be participating as champions or coaches, whatever we call them, will be paid. So it's not like they're getting, they're, they're being expected to do this for nothing. They're not. But um, for the price of a massage, it's the idea. Um, if you can get that extra support, something that's completely away from your current agency, your current company, somebody that's not connected in any political way, and that somebody can just be there for you, I think there's a gap to help. And so, again, I'm, I'm doing that because I, I, I believe we're a community-led program, platform. From all the people that I'm speaking to, I think this is really needed yesterday. Um, so I'm going to do it. Again, I'm not going to moan about it. I'm not going to complain about how how bad all this stuff is. I'm going to do something to help people. And, again, any revenue from, that we take from it will go towards our talent fund. So that's kind of the next that's between now and december plans for the creative that's brilliant that's so inspiring man i i just i just i, I love that you, you know where you say you moan but you're turning it into an action that moan into an action you know and and, and picking out these these real sort of pain points throughout your life you know like you know the creative floor awards setting that up because there wasn't too many people that you know that were, were judging that were different um this you know, is brilliant. I'm just thinking that the, the candles, lovely idea. So you've created this whole platform to to your own platform to deliver all these 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 wonderful things that are going to really help fire up people and and make them feel you know worthy. And um, it's real sort of done through that human the humanity and your you know the honesty that you've you've got. I just think it's I think it's I think it's brilliant. And look, I, I could talk to you for like hours and hours and hours but i know it's getting late there it's certainly getting late over here i just want to ask you because obviously it's a creative war room but do you have like a war cry or a battle cry to yourself or or did you have one with, you, with your teams that you had in, in publicists or, or now across your the ipg health network is there some sort of battle cry that you always have i don't know if it, oh, what do i do i don't know well here's a litmus test is it i'll give you a litmus test and i'll give you a cry i guess i probably will cry uh uh, for me, if 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 some if a situation makes me uncomfortable or there's any element of fear, I run towards it. That's me. If it doesn't make me fearful, if there isn't an element of fear or or awkwardness or anything like that, it doesn't interest me. I run towards the fire because I know that's where there's something to be take, get gotten out of. There's there's some there's some gold there. So that's my litmus test. But I think what I I mean, again, I don't, I don't run creative teams. I don't work in an agency, but when I did, you know, we had this thing and it was like, um, and I'm, I'm clearly ripping this off somebody much smarter than me, but you know, there's this saying of like, 
you know, the brave may not live forever, <laughs> but the cautious never live at all. And uh, yeah. I, I just think that that is a reminder for why we're all here, right? I, I know it's all about hitting targets and it's all about, you know, hitting the bottom line and all this sort of stuff, but that's not why you're here. That's not why you're listening to this podcast. As a creative person, you are here to make a difference to your portfolio, your salary, and your legacy when you leave this industry. That's it. And, you know, it's so easy to get chipped away of like, well, this is what you got to do. Everyone's got to do it. Everything's nice. Everything's compromised. La-di-la-di-la. If that's what keeps you happy, fine. Good for you. But for those, <laughs> but those who are connecting with what I'm saying, listen. just listen to that. Just do it. Just don't worry about it. Run towards the fear. It's the only way you're going to grow. That's all I can say. And all these things that I've been going on about creative floor, whatever, I'm not special. Like anyone can do what I've done. Anyone can go out there, create their own product, their own brand, market it. Anyone can have that freedom. The only reason why you're not doing it is because you just haven't started, right? So if it's uncomfortable, go to it. That's what yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Well, you've certainly done that, mate. And, and uh, you know, you've certainly certainly lived that mantra of the you know the brave not may not live forever you know the um the cautious you know they, they don't they don't basically live at all and i think that's true for you you know what you've done throughout throughout your career so far and i'm, I'm just i'm so pumped to see what the the credit floor wars does over the next you know the the platform itself does over the next year or two three five six seven eight how the next 10 years that, that, that it's around, you know, and I'm, you know, so fucking awesome stuff. I'm so happy to uh, have you on here. I know. Thank and you. I'm proud to know you, mate. Yeah. Uh, I, know, I, I think, I think, <laughs> <laughs> please. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to. And I, and I, and if I'm, if I'm, if ever, I wish I will do one day, um, coming over to the UK, I definitely want to. Yeah. 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 Come. Definitely and, um, come. And see and, and be there at the uh, Creative Floor Awards. Uh, be be great, Shahid. Honestly, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, and um, I'm I guess a massive learning for everybody here. It's been a real kind of like masterclass, I think, for for anybody who wants to get in the industry uh, to listen to listen to Shahid and, and his you know his his whole construct, his his modus operandi, and you know really sort of like showing you just have to believe in yourself and just fucking do it, you know. And um, you'll you'll get to this get to that sort of point in time and, and contact Shahid, contact the Credit Floor Awards, um, get you working. Uh, it's too late now, but um, <laughs> next year, next year, do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you've had plenty of reminders, people. Yeah, you know? so um, you know, make sure you listen to the uh, Credit Floor Awards uh, podcast. And listen we to how post this from there if you want. We can po- we can cross post this on there if you want. Yeah, uh, we'll get people. Okay, that sounds good. But we'll, we'll add that all sounds part. great of our people that listen to it to uh to yours <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah i think that's a great I- that's a great idea so um mate thank you so much and um yeah thank I'll you love to do this again because i think i'm sure that we we haven't covered lots of other bits and pieces that we'd love to yeah anytime cover. anytime all right cheers to thank you cheers you thanks mate so that was part two of my conversation with Shahid. I really hope you enjoyed that. And um, yeah, make sure you follow the Credit Floor Awards podcast and um, make sure you get your 
work into the Credit Floor Awards next year because it's it's an amazing award show and, and very worthy. And please uh, follow uh, the Creative War Room and um, make sure you subscribe to it on all your podcast platforms. Until next time, fight the good fight, guys.